what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, and it is Thursday, February 3rd, and when it comes to just like one of the most incredible conversations I've ever had in the podcast, I mean, these have been happening a lot more recently, but this one is another one that absolutely just blew my mind. You're not going to want to miss any single second of it. Before we jump in, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yeah, we're a month into 2022, and yeah, it's cold outside. I get it. So a lot of people, you know, when they want to get exercise, you're in the gym. You're trying to keep on those New Year's resolutions, and if you have not kept up on them and you want to get back in the you know, get back in the gym, pump some iron like Arnold, yeah, get strong, yeah, hit the treadmill and, you know, run as much as possible, hit the Stairmaster bike, whatever it might be. But one of the biggest things you need to do is, you know, you need to recover, right, prepare, right, and Phoenix Fitness, who's our sponsor today, they help you out with all that stuff. They have different supplements to help you prepare, recover, right, so that your body is working to the best of its ability and you can go back into the gym and, you know, hit it hard the next day. They did from pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I use the stim-free stuff because, well, Caffeine, all that energy stuff, trust me, I don't need them crazy enough as it is. On top of that, they have different BCAA recovery stuff to help your body recover right after workout. Proteins help you rebuild muscle for your morning, nighttime, and directly after workout. Different creatines, different uh, multivitamins, literally anything you need to help achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at fnxfit.com. Link description below. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, the second one is custom debuts. So, you see that wall over there? It's kind of empty right now, right? I've got an 18 by 24 uh, inch, you know, picture frame under that table right there. You can see the weird brown plastic bag that it's on top of. Well, what custom debuts can do for me is they can create a custom poster to help me fill that spot, put something cool up there with anything I want in music. So this is how it works. You give them an artist and then you pick either an album or a song from that artist. And they'll create a custom poster based off of the album artwork and the track list or if it's a song, off of the lyrics as well for you. You tell them what you want. They come back to you within 48 hours of a proof of what you could have. And if you don't like it, you tell them what you want to change and they will change it for you. Once you're satisfied, you give them the thumbs up and you can select either have it on poster paper or if you want a canvas print or if you want to be the coolest guy in the office, in the garage, wherever it might be, have the coolest record, you can get an actual aluminum poster as well. So like, yeah, like an aluminum sign poster. Who wouldn't want that? Our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout for custom debuts. Thank custom debuts, link description below. Now let's jump into the podcast. So thank you to uh, Danny from uh, Deaf Kitty. She helped us get um, Envisions on the podcast. She has one other band that she works with called Schemata Theory. They're also out of the UK as well. And we got a chance to sit down to talk to Miles about it. And their brand new album, Union Time, comes out on February 25th of 2022. And it has themes about connection and empathy. And let me tell you, we go so deep into some of these connections and some of the ideas of especially what's happened over the past years, especially what's happened with social media. You're going to take a look and you're going to be able to easily relate to a lot of these different things, relate to them in your own personal way and really get into the music off of that kind of relation. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of these times where it's like, I would have liked to have said a couple of things in here, but what Miles was saying was so incredible. I did not want to stop because I just wanted to listen to what the guy had to say. The difference in discussion here is absolutely incredible. You will not want to miss any single second of it. So I'm actually still talking. Welcome, Miles, from Schemata Theory to the podcast. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, thanks to our recent episode with the band InVisions, all of a sudden it's like, hey, why don't you check out this one? So... 
take a look, check them out, and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, now we're bringing them on the podcast. So the brand new from this band called Unity in Time is coming out on February 25th of 2022. The band is called Schemata Theory, and we are talking with the lead vocalist for Schemata Theory today. He also has a podcast called The Quest for Global Empathy, which you can check out right now. So please welcome again from Schemata Theory, Miles. So Miles, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm so hyped for doing this. Dude, thanks for, you know, coming on here today. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. So let's start out with, you know, how's life treating you lately? How is life treating me lately? Oh, man. I mean, what a world we live in currently. There is so much disarray with a global pandemic, um, although it does make things like this feel a bit more normal, having, you know, video calls to record a podcast. So, you know, I love that technology has given us an opportunity to make the most of a bad situation. But, you know, uh, it's um, January is always a, a tough time for many of us, especially in the UK, shorter days, colder weather, you know, looking ahead towards the summer. But um, in, you know, four or five weeks time, we're going to have our album out and it's been a long journey for us as a band. So we're all incredibly excited and um, we've just been really buzzing from all the reactions to our singles and music videos and projects so far. Oh, I would expect you guys to be buzzing after that because you do have a couple of singles out right now. I believe you have three out, if I'm correct, right? That is correct. So we kick things off with Voices, uh, which is the opening main track of our album, Unity in Time. Uh, we then released New Vision, um, which is a much more up-tempo uh, single. And we actually, which we can get into a bit later, um, we actually did got a custom made map for the virtual reality game Beat Saber made for it. And we actually put it out there for the community and the reaction has been just phenomenal there. And then most recently we did a single for the track Mind Eater, which is a lot darker in tone um, as well as subject matter. Um, and we might have time for just one more before the album comes out. So uh, yeah, it's it's been busy, but it's it's been great. And especially I think for us as a band who have, not released anything for a long time. It's just good to get the tempo going again, letting people know we're about, that we've got something big. And um, it's just been a, a great exercise for us to uh, flex our creative muscles and, you know, get a vibe out there. So it's all been absolutely wonderful. No, oh, absolutely. And there's a lot to just unpack there in what you said with the three singles that you have out, the different means behind a couple of those singles, like with New Vision being a lot lighter, more up-tempo, and then Mind Eaters being a lot darker, deeper, and potentially a lot more personal for a lot of people to listen to it as well, along with the Beat Saber connection you guys have had as well with that, and releasing new music for like the first time in a while. I mean, there's a lot to go on here, but the one thing you did say, which kind of relates to the whole entire message of the album as well, was that, you know, of course, it's, you know, January, February right now, you know, it's it's cold, It's especially where you live and where I live as well, because I live in the northern United States, where days are short, everyone's looking forward to summer, and again, with the pandemic still rolling on as well, a lot of people are still inside, not going out socializing as much, so there's still this struggle for this full-on type of actual human connection that we're seeing because people are just really associated with other people online. You're really only getting to see people through video or through text. And when you see people through video or through text, like if you're just reading like social media statuses, you're only technically getting like 10% of what that person's actually saying because 60% of what you say is based on body language and 30% you say is what is based on tone. Only 10% is based on the actual words. And if you just look at the actual words, it leaves so much more to interpretation that you really don't get to foster a full-on human connection like you would if you were talking to people in person. Of course, a video call like this where we're being able to talk to each other, you know, four or 5,000 miles away. 
but be able to actually see that it's still, you know, is a lot better than just, you know, messaging back and forth. But there's still this full kind of lack of actual like connection there that you would have if this was something where we were two feet apart from each other doing this, you know, in the same room. Yeah, absolutely right. And and funnily enough, actually, those statistics, you actually go a bit more granular than me. I, I talk a lot about the, the, the 10% that is just the content of the message. But I like that you've actually broken it down to those individual components because I just go lazy with the 10, 90%. But you're right. You know, body language, facial um, expressions, tone of voice. That is the majority of the way that we communicate with each other. And unfortunately, I mean, it's it's the whole cliche, isn't it, with technology of never have we been more connected whilst never been feeling or never felt so isolated in, you know, in our individual um, silos, um, which has been magnified by the pandemic. Um, but things like video chat has been great. Things like virtual reality. Uh, I'm a huge VR fan and I've been to some uh, launch events of games during a pandemic a friend of mine developed a vr game in brazil and i went along to this launch party where there were journalists and developers from all over the world sharing this space and everyone was drinking and enjoying this celebration and because it was in a pandemic it was extra uh special and and poignant for the moment but um yeah in terms of the 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 issue of connection which of course runs throughout the 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 album unity in time um, I've always regarded it as this digital empathy gap. You know, when you look at how humans can be very cruel to each other online, it is because a lot of the methods in which we communicate is very dehumanizing. And so the, the typical example I always give is Twitter. Um, I deleted Twitter off my phone five, six years ago, and it's one of the best things I've ever done. I do use it when I'm sat at a computer and kind of a mental health tip I always give people is if you find yourself drowning in social media on particular sites, you know, scrolling on your phone, lying in bed when you should be sleeping, delete it off your phone and just make an agreement with yourself that when you want to use social media, you use it with an intention. So when I want to use Twitter, I'm not passively scrolling through it. I intentionally sit at my desk, log on because I want to post something or have a specific conversation because the internet is this infinity machine um, and it can be very, very damaging. And so, yeah, Twitter is a battleground of ideas, but people have to sharpen their verbal knives and then, you know, write in what used to be 120 characters. Now it's a bit more. And so people have to come up with the sharpest arguments to take down other arguments, to destroy other people because we live in this status economy, um, which is what we touch upon in, in, in the track Prism. And so, yeah, the, the idea of connection and the way that we relate to one another is a real interesting battleground because of this, you know, um, insurgence of technology. And in many ways, we've jumped the shark where, yes, we have all this connection, but what about the quality of it and what sort of values could we evolve to make sure that we are more empathetic online and more mindful of these digital empathy gaps that exist? That's probably the best way to describe it is, you know, we're as connected as possible to the rest of the world, but we feel more distant from everybody because that genuine connection is not there. And bringing up Twitter is a great example because when people, especially when you have like, what is it? I think it's 280 characters now, or even on yeah. any other platform like Facebook or uh, even Instagram as well, when people are like in comments trying to go back and forth with each other. It's every, and this happens even, you know, today as well, along a lot of different political spectrums where the argument is to not, is to try and get you to, you know, oh, I'm right, you're wrong, and you have to think the way I do. No, I actually do this with my best friend a lot where him and I will disagree on a lot of different opinions, but instead of us trying to get each other to, 
you basically agree with the other person. It's, I don't care that you think that way. I don't care if I think this way. I just want you to see it from my point of view. And if you're going to change your mind, you're going to do it on your own. I just want to get you to understand where I'm coming from. And I'm going to understand where you're coming from because then we can disagree and we can understand each other. On top of that, one other thing is just because, especially with social media, I know you've seen it as well, just the massive amounts of negativity that people can have on there. And it's ridiculous. But it seems like that wasn't necessarily the same way, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 years ago when pe- when social media wasn't a big thing and people had to interact to their face to face because it's a lot easier to go on a computer and just spew these nasty messages and spew this negativity without having any direct consequences to it. Because if I say something to somebody online and it's negative, what's what, what can they do? Not really much except, you know, maybe try and like respond to it. But if I said it to someone, that's to someone's face. You know, I have to deal with the consequences right then and there. Question, I have to deal with it right then and there. Potentially getting punched in the face, I have to deal with that right then and there. There is, there, there, when it comes to having it online, that kind of potential for those consequences goes away. So people feel more free to do that. And it allows for that negativity to really boil to the surface and really bring that full-on connection way, way, way down just due to the fact that, you know, people that are being negative, they don't have to face those consequences. Yeah. And, and the consequences aren't just, you know, whether or not they're going to lash back, you know, verbally or physically. The consequence is also experiencing empathy. Um, I've spoken publicly in the past about experiences I've had. I remember when I was at primary school and, you know, this is a, a story I tell with no proudness or anything. It comes from a place of shame. But it was where I, I was, I don't know, like eight years, nine years old. And you know, people told jokes in the playground because you got a laugh. And there was a joke that I told, which was racist. And the reason I told it was because it got laughs. There was positive reinforcement. And I never forget the time that I told a joke at a local park. And this guy that was many years older than me was like, oh, that's hilarious. Tell it to my friend. And his friend was of the race that the joke was about. And I told it because for me, it was just a joke that got laughs. And instantly I saw the hurt on this guy's face. Uh, And that was a moment of like share, you know, I had empathy. I was like, wow, I've caused pain. And that, that experience has stayed with me forever. Um, and it's obviously regrettable. I wish I hadn't have done it, but you know, that is an example of how empathy is a real teacher. I'm not saying that we should inflict pain on people, experience empathy and go, oh, okay, that's why we shouldn't do it. Education and compassion should be taught through and through in our education systems around the world. So we don't have to make those mistakes in the first place. But um, empathy is a a really good teacher. And going back to sort of what you were saying about, you know, when you're sort of face to face with people, it's that idea that it's very difficult to hate people that, you know, Um, a lot of the people we discuss online are strangers from afar. You're never going to have to cross paths with them. And then when you see very um, diametrically, uh, ideologically opposed individuals having debates in person in a studio, um, I think I saw the other day one with... um, I think he's a member of the house in the u.s uh, dan crenshaw who yeah. is a republican he was with trevor noah from the daily show and they had like a 30 minute conversation and i think i saw the video on dan crenshaw's um youtube channel and i'm, I'm not a fan of dan crenshaw personally um and i think he's made a lot of huge erroneous um decisions um but it was really interesting that he shared it on his channel and a lot of the comments were people saying trevor noah i don't like but this was actually a really interesting conversation. And it's like, but that is genuinely how it happens when you have two people in the same room. 
Um, and they were saying, you know, Trevor Noah is a lot nicer here than when he's on a studio on his own with script writers and he's just talking to a camera. So it's not always about, you know, you're only nasty when you're at a computer at home. It's like it's when you're siloed from those that you're discussing with. Um, and, you know, what you're starting to see happen in some mainstream political discourse now is you're seeing some politicians or political commentators talking about how empathy is a societal weakness that empathy is going to get in the way of making necessary political decisions because it means we're now going to be trying to take care of everyone when actually we have to make decisions where some are going to lose out and some are going to gain. Now, I think that's an interesting discussion to have. I don't know if I agree with that, but empathy is something that can only be enhanced and build upon. Um, once people know, it can't be unknown. Um, and so, you know, I see it happen we all see happen with the internet. I, I spoke years ago as a first generation YouTuber from 15 years ago that, you know, when, when we go to war with other countries now, it used to be from strangers from afar because we didn't speak with those people. It was just what we read in the newspapers or heard on the radio. But now I'm friends with people from hundreds of countries from around the world. So now when we go to war with another country, I know people that live in that country. And that makes it very, very difficult uh, for governments that want to rally their country behind a national identity and a national action against the rest of the world because when you think about it all political leaders say the same thing we're the greatest people on the planet and it's like well who's telling the truth because it can't be everyone and i think that we are going through this interesting uh transitional period where can we reach a global empathic civilization well for that to happen we're going to have to outgrow nation states but that's going to be quite a difficult thing to do because the current power structures for most for the most part work within nation states although we're seeing a lot of you know global corporations that avoid tax by not having one particular country that they reside in um, but then a lot of the global challenges require global efforts as well whether it's terrorism uh, whether it's the nuclear or you know the, the military industrial complex whether it's climate change um, or the, the economic crisis, these are all things that are going to take um, global efforts. And so as a collective, a, a global collective, we're going to have to work out how to work together because individually, if the pandemic has shown us anything, although some people will still say, oh, as long as I'm okay, that's all that matters. No, we do actually need to have individual freedom, but within a collective, it's not one or the other. You need both to survive. I mean, a lot of what you just said, I'm just taking it all in just to really get an understanding of it. And again, I think the biggest thing, the whole entire thing you just said, and you can wrap up in one word, is empathy. And with the way that communication has been, you know, built up over the past 15, 20 years with social media, with the internet, yeah, we are seeing a lot more disconnect. But when you're able to connect with people from all across the world, and you're able to actually foster real connections and you're able to build up on that empathy, then it's stuff where all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, I want to go and, you know, make sure these other countries are, I want to make, make sure these other groups, people are okay, because I, I know somebody that's, you know, around that area. I know people that are all, all over Europe right now because of the podcast, I've got friends in Russia. I've got friends over, you know, I know people in Singapore. Now I got a bunch of people I know in Australia all because of this stuff. And every time I see something, I'm just starting to think, how is this affecting them? Like, especially with the musician side, it's like, okay, all these things that are happening. I'm certain, like, I'm empathizing with the fact that they can't go out and play live music, especially, you know, over the past year and a half to two years, when you, I know how much live music means to all of us. On top of the empathy part as well, one thing you said about the story that when you were in primary school, where 
Yes, it is something. Yeah, elementary is. school for the American listeners. Yeah. I always have to say that. <laughs> oh, I, don't worry. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know you about. know. <laughs> but one thing that really stuck with me with that whole entire story was, yes, you yes, you did something and you do regret. I know you said you regret it, but when you when that thing happened, it's you 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 saw the moment, you felt the empathy, but then you grew from it, you learned from it, and you were able to change course from it so that you didn't repeat that behavior. Where, of course, with today, you know, especially with the internet as well, with how quick and nasty people can be, if someone says one thing, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and all of a sudden, boom, they get canceled out of nowhere. Well, wait, 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 wait. What it's kind of like on two prongs. One, what if that were to happen to you? Wouldn't you want a second chance? But also, if that's something that happened, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, let's see how that person has grown since then. Because for a lot of people, you're not the same person you were 10, 15 years ago. Hell, I'm not the same person I was 10, 15 years ago. 10 years ago, the only thing that's pretty much, you know, maybe the same is the fact that my favorite band is still the same. That might be it. But outside of that, it's like there's a lot of things that are different that have changed because I've grown. I've gotten to know more people. I've gone and had more experiences. And I've been experiencing the world in many different facets, whether it's, you know, different things politically, economically, you know, traveling and seeing different cultures, just you, you grow as people. So we got to take a look and see how that happens, deploy that empathy and really get to understand where things are going so that we can basically, you know, actually achieve what we want to achieve and where everyone has that individual freedom within that collective, like you were saying. And it's something that if you have empathy, if you're able to deploy it, yeah, you want that. You want to make that happen. You have to have that healthy balance of it. And I do agree with what you said, with all the political discourse, with all the power structures. Yeah, they're saying empathy is weakness. No, empathy is strength. Those who say empathy is weakness, they're trying to cover up a different weakness that they have by trying to basically warp your mind to make it so it doesn't seem like, you know, you it doesn't seem it seems like they know what they're talking about and that you don't no 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 no. empathy is a strength it is a massive strength that if you can deploy and you can have you can connect with so many people across the world connect with so many different ideas connect with so many different mindsets where if you don't you're going to have this very narrow mindset and we're going to go back to a time where everything is focused on this tribalistic state yeah man absolutely and i love that we're uh, unpacking so many things in parallel here because it, it and this is the thing about like the the, the concept of empathy and unity and time is are such big concepts and the, the album obviously goes across a lot of them um two quick things i mean um and then and then a main point so the, the, i think i read i'm probably going to get the um the the exact data wrong but i believe that like every cell in the human body like uh you know regenerates every eight to nine years dies and new ones appear so like technically our human bodies don't have cells that are older than eight nine years so we are constantly new i think there are some cells in the body that do live a lot longer than that but generally speaking um so from a, a physicality point of view yeah we aren't technically the person that we were a decade ago um we definitely i'm definitely not the person i was even five years ago i always thought that you know you're an adult when you turn 18 i didn't turn into an adult until uh maybe i was 30 like i'm just starting to get my you know get a sense of it and i, I might have that same reflection again when i when i hit 40 um it is really interesting and then as for you know the compassion to um you know to, to understand that people make mistakes and like how do you deal with people like it's not just about making mistakes it's how you learn something I've heard a lot lately which I love which is the best kind of apology is change behavior so like when people are always like is that a proper apology or not um how did they say it for me it's a question of the change behavior and it's the idea of you know rehabilitation are people 
can people who've done some of the most egregious stuff in society be rehabilitated? Those are, are really big things. But the, the the battleground in which a lot of these discussions are made, like mob mentality, that's a real big sticking point in our track prism. Um, and prism is this metaphor that we are these prisms where light comes in, which is like the incoming fire from our environment, from other people. And we can kind of angle ourselves to decide how it reflects. And it's this notion that status is, an, is, a, is a currency. That is how the economy works. Everyone is trying to build their online followers. Um, you can get destroyed overnight. And that's what you do to your political or ideological opponents. Um, a lot of people that shout the loudest about council culture are actually fine with cancelling other people about other things. Um, and so it's about how do you create that level playing field. But um, the sort of you were talking about the strength of empathy and how it is a strong thing. This is this is another battle of our current generation is the, the and, and actually it's a long standing thing in politics. It's the framing of particular terms. So um, I'll give an example. Um, I know that it's a, a big discussion point in the US uh, in terms of the drug war. Um, we have very similar things in the UK. So if I was running for political office, a more conservative traditional perspective would be we're going to be tough on drugs. So what does that mean? Anyone that is caught with a little bit of weed or anything, you're going to be locked up. That's been tough on drugs. If you're not for that, you're weak on drugs, you're weak on crime. And so that's the framing. Whereas maybe a more progressive position is we are going to be tough on drugs. So you know what? We are going to have injection sites which are controlled for people that are addicted so they can actually get help and on the road to recovery. Because you know what? Actually not throwing these people into prison and actually having conversations with them and investing societal resources to rehabilitate them. That is true courage. That is true strength to do the right thing. That actually is not the quick throwaway thing that, you know, this is actually what's going to break the cycle. That is strength. And so it's all about, you know, the framing of it. Um, it's like, you know, we're strong on terrorism. Well, actually, you're weak on civil liberties because you're basically willing to throw away the lock and key that every you know um, civilian uh, with the NSA spying program that Edward Snowden warned us about or things like that. So actually, the framing is, no, we are strong on civil liberties. We are strong on making society safer, but in a way that doesn't jeopardize our liberties. Um, and so Voices, the opening main track on our album, really taps into that idea, which is when voices have never been more powerful we all have voices. They can be used for good. They can be used for bad. That's a very simplistic way of explaining it. But it's the idea that the voice, and it's not just about vocalizing, it's about your inner intention and what you can bring out to the world. That is power. That is strength. And so all our album, these are anthems for unity and compassion. So people feel empowered to do things that are going to unify the world. This is going to take time. Unity will not happen in a day. Um, but we hope that this music and the feeling of it, as well as the the contents of what it what it is about, um, lifts people up to be strong, to be courageous in fighting the real fight, which is to make a more compassionate, empathetic, empathetic um, civilization. No, absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you said right there. And even jumping a little bit more into the M as well, because you said with a lot of stuff that you're talking about with voices, how it relates that I kind of took voice in a little bit of a different way. I got to look at my other screen. Oh, no, no, please. Because, I'd love to hear. Because <laughs> yeah. I took it was about, you know, like how powerful like these divisive voice influence have become 
in this day and age, especially with social media. Because if you think about it, voices have become more powerful in a way where they have never been before because everything online can be recorded and can be seen. So people that have always, you know, maybe been in the shadows have these voices on these other different platforms. And when those voices are the are that are controlling the narrative and dividing people, they're forcing them to pick one side or the other and hating the other side that they didn't pick. It creates division in those human connections that we have. Like you're talking about with the drug war where on the conservative side, it's, you know, we're hard on drugs, lock them up. And the progressive side is, you know, we want to be hard on drugs. But we want to help out these people. The way that it's kind of structured, especially in America with the political parties is if if you're not fully on one side, they hate you. If you're not yes. fully on the other side, they hate you. If you're in the middle, both sides hate you because it's like they don't want to, you know, have any kind of compassion or have any kind of like compromise in any sort of way. We let these voices influence us and potentially ruin relationships that we have with friends, family, loved ones. It is recognizing that and understanding that you should not abide by that anymore to where you have to think one way or the other. You can be in the middle. You can compromise. You can understand. You can create those connections. But if you let all these different voices in your head and let all these different voices influence you, you're going to become uh, something where it's, you know, basically the cog in the system where you're one way or you're the other way. There is no in between. That's that's awesome, um, and I love that you've you've really thought about it. And 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 no, th those themes definitely permeate throughout it because it's the idea of going to quote Spider Man with great uh, great power comes great responsibility. It is the idea, and as you as you say, you know, voices does look back at the idea that you know bridges and walls, uprisings, downfalls throughout human history, voices have always been the determining factor of whether we create or we destroy. Um, sometimes think destruction is a form of creation um, and it has been the human story since the very, very beginning. Um, and again, it's that intention. You know, I've always thought it's quite a metaphysical idea, but any idea, any invention, anything that's ever been created on this planet, including the first, you know, lit fire on a campsite or, a, or on, a, on using sticks and stuff, that was first thought and came to the mind of one individual. So everything that's ever happened, it's not to say multiple people can't think of it, but it came to fruition within the human mind and then was enacted on the world. And like, that's a really powerful thing. So yeah, you're right. The the, the, the aspects of technology, that things are recorded um, and, you know, there is added power there. You know, one person can really change the world more than ever. So you're absolutely right with that. Yeah, I, I mean, again, when it comes to voices, it just really encompasses the whole entire idea, especially with the fact that this human disconnection that we're seeing because of a lot of the things we're seeing with social media, with the pandemic as well, especially dividing a lot of us on that spectrum politically, um, you know, whatever your th thoughts are with the pandemic or not, restrictions on vaccines or not, not going to any specifics. But I mean, pretty much anywhere you go, people are going to think one way, people are going to think the other way. And it's like both sides hate each other and there's really no middle ground that they're going to end up offering. Or when it comes to just all these different voices on social media, yeah, you're kind of like, it's like, if you let them in your mind, my God, it's something where you're going to become kind of just this kind of player in the system that, honestly, that power structure, I believe, wants you to kind of play into so that they maintain that power structure and then you have that lack of empathy. If you're able to really, you know, kind of block out those, conf like basically all those different, you know, voices they're trying to control and just really think on your own, think for yourself, deploy that empathy. You're able to foster that deeper human connection, not only with the people that you interact with on a daily basis and interact with face-to-face, -face, but people that you interact with online, people that you interact with that are four or five, 6,000 miles away from you in completely different countries and completely different parts of the world. That's absolutely right. Are, are, are you a gamer, by the way? I am not actually. 
Okay. Well, there, there was a there was a big game that came out a few years ago. This is just a bit of an Easter egg for any listeners that are interested. So there was um, Hideo Kojima is a massive game developer who worked on Metal Gear Solid and all those games. And he created a, a game just before the pandemic, which people thought was a bizarre concept. I mean, it has a lot of quirky stuff in it, but it was where you play as Norman Reedus, who is this delivery guy. And it's basically this cataclysmic world ending event has happened and um, he is delivering parcels from A to B. And so the whole game is you're taking stuff from one place to another from these isolated people living in this isolated world. And, um, you know, some people didn't like the game because they're like, oh, it's just a walking simulator or Amazon delivery simulator. <laughs> but there is this interesting concept of like how he was the connecting force and he actually connects people from around the world. Um, and although it's a single player game, um, when you build bridges or put aerial runways in places other people playing the single player game once they get connected to the grid and unlock an area they can start seeing the bridges that other players in the world have already built so you're indirectly impacting the lives of others so death stranding is a great game but the reason i bring it up is um i was playing it a lot when we were working on this album and although the song voices isn't entirely about death stranding there are quite a few lines in there that actually are Easter eggs and reflect to the game. There's a lot of stuff about um, a lot of games are based on using a stick to like hit people away where uh, Death Stranding, there's a lot to do with rope bringing people towards you instead. Um, so um, I think there's a line in, so I think I'm trying to remember the line <laughs> in my own song, but in Voices, there's a track, uh, there's a line that's um, we must swap these sticks for rope uh, and show all hands because opening your hands is. Um, about showing you know compassion and openness and you know friendliness um, and there's a lot of symbolism in Death Stranding with these hands that appear throughout it so um, yeah um, th th there's some easter eggs there from, from Death Stranding for any gamers out there. <laughs> that is just a cool little easter egg to put in there as well and I, I'm one thing I do agree with you with Tolly is you know from the games that I played when I was a kid because I like I don't game much anymore. I mean, the, the most recent gaming system I have is an Xbox 360. So okay, that, that, great that games on it though. Yeah, that I'll put it this way: that tells how you know further away from it I am. Not like that, but my primary system of use right now, if I'm going to play video games, is a Nintendo 64. Because come on, those games are freaking classic awesome and fun. I can't love it. it. <laughs> but, I, I I actually found um, some N64 games the other day, but not the N64. Like Perfect Dark, you know. All the classic Mario Party, and yeah, I'd love to dive into all that. <laughs> no, we could dive. I mean, I've got the Nintendo 64 hooked up right there. I got like 25, what? 26 games set up ready to oh, go. Wow. So <laughs> I've got a, some for some reason seven controllers. No, you only, only need four. I have seven. So oh I'll my take. goodness! <laughs> I'm well, on, the, on the on the PlayStation, you used to have to buy what was called a multi tap. So you yeah. had two slots for controllers, and if you wanted four, you'd have to buy the multi tap that made one go into four. But then, like most people, they might have a brother or sister, so it's two of you. So you'd always debate with your friend, well, who's going to buy the multi-tap so the four of us can play together? But now, it's all wireless controllers, you know? So, um, oh, yeah. I remember, the, I remember the days of the multi-tap, because it was That's me and my it. brother would play, and then my, bro uh, my best, like our neighbors would come over, we'd play, and it's just like, okay, you know, we got four of us right now, let's just see how this goes. But, uh, yeah, I kind of broke my controller, so oh, I'm man. still kind of missing that thing. Good old PS2 <laughs> days. Yep. But one one song I do want to jump into specifically so it, so we don't miss on it is the single Mind Eater because when I was going through this album, going through it, that was the song that really struck a chord with me the most. Like that was the one that I was right. really able to latch onto. And I got to ask, what's the whole entire idea behind Mind Eater? So then I can kind of see, you know, 
where my interpretation comes in and see kind of where the similarities and differences are. Well, could I ask you first, like when, when you say it, it was the one that latched onto you, was it like thematically? Was it the music wise? It could be a combination. Like what was it about it that made that track stand out to you? Well, because whenever I go through tracks, usually what I do is like I'll listen to them and there was something about it just with the way the composition was, especially with the vocal set and the way that the cleaner vocals were really hitting this higher pitch in the chorus that really stuck out to me. It was kind of like the hook that brought me in. And then when I go through a song super deep, first thing I'll do is I'll take, I'll listen to it, take a look at the lyrics and try and decipher like what I think the meaning is. Then I'll go through the instrumentals fully. I'll go through the vocals fully and see how they all connect with everything and then do a full on like overall little encompassing style. And when it came to Mind Eater, just with the way that that chorus hits and the way the words work, the way the lyrics work, how the thematics work and just really working within everything, it was something that it just felt more personal to me with that sound. So that's why it was the one that I really latched onto. That's really, really cool. I just love hearing people's experiences um, with music and how they decipher stuff. And and something that all of us in Schemata Theory really pride ourselves on is the fact that, you know, we do, we do obviously put a lot of care into the themes and, and me as a lyricist, um, the lyrics there, Luke, um, the, the singer in the band, he um, wrote the lyrics for um, a song on the album called Pain Unknown, which is an absolutely beautiful um, piece of writing. Um, but for us, it's always, you know, the priority is we want to make music that we enjoy writing, playing, and that people love listening to. That is the priority. But we always take it seriously that, you know, for those that want to look a bit deeper, people like yourself, we want there to be something to start a conversation. So it's, it's really amazing to hear it. Um, as for Mind Eater, I mean, the name Mind Eater was actually one of the first song titles I came up with. And normally with song titles, it's, it's taken from a lyric, whereas Mind Eater, it wasn't. And I just had this idea of when it comes to anxiety, it is just an ultimate Mind Eater. The more that you stare into anxiety, the more it consumes you. Uh, and so it has this very um, psychological cancerous impact on, on, on the mind. Um, the, the general premise of it is around the importance of self-compassion. Um, it comes from some personal experiences I had um, about five years ago. Um, I think it was about five years ago. You've got to add two years because of the pandemic. Um, I, I went through some therapy and I got introduced to something called compassion-focused therapy that was founded by someone um, in Derby in the UK called Professor Paul Gilbert. He is a clinical psychologist who um, founded the Compassionate Mind Foundation. And without going into too much detail, and I urge everyone to check out his book, The Compassionate Mind, or some of his YouTube videos, absolutely marvellous man. Um, it's the idea, and actually we talked about this earlier, it's the idea that having compassion for yourself is strength. It is, it, it, it is courageous to do because Far too often in life, we're really good at giving advice to other people. But then when we go through that same thing ourselves, we we call ourselves an idiot. We're being stupid. We're wasting people's time. You know, we start telling ourselves these negative stories. But then if you externalize it and imagine yourself as a separate person, you wouldn't say to your friend that came to you feeling sad, oh, you're being an idiot. You're being stupid. I mean, you might do. And if so, I'd say you're not a particularly good friend. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got to sort of think of it in that way. And so, you know, he also says, you know, we've got to reframe how compassion is seen. So he says, like, when a firefighter goes into a burning building to save someone, that is a compassionate act. But that is not soft. It's not nice. I mean, it is nice, but it's a, a courageous thing to do. And so he lays out um, the importance of a, a lot of things. It's understanding that we are all suffering in a very uh, dangerous world, but we should take 
acknowledgement of the courage for us to live every day as we do and to build bonds of compassion with other people. Uh, and so Mind Eater is acknowledgement that the opening line, uh, which is from one of the verses, is when cold thoughts return, solitude becomes a concern, that when you do become isolated, solitude can be an, a, a nice thing, um, having time to yourself, but, you know, um, solitude can be concerning when you do have those cold thoughts because it allows those things to fester. It's why when people deal with grief, it's always about keeping busy. And so the chorus is really an anthem for the Compassionate Mind Foundation. Um, uh, past and future moments, um, you know, that is what humans are able to do. We're able to look ahead into the future with foresight, which is brilliant, but it means also we start worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. Um, and we can also use memories in the past to learn from it. But then it also means we're tormented by our past memories, which aren't actually physically here in the present. And so present moments are what we breathe. Um, he teaches a lot about mindfulness and meditation. Um, it's something called the parasynthetic nervous system. It's um, within your body that lowers your heart rate, your cortisol levels, increases your endorphins. And um, a lot of the structures in our society are not that. It's about rising those your heart rate and your stress levels. And so by becoming more mindful, um, you're actually able to slow things down. So Mind Eater is, is talking about, you know, the darkness of anxiety and self-defeatism. Uh, but it's also about how we do have this, self, this, this superpower called compassion that most of us use with other people every single day. And so it's just a reminder of it's okay to use that superpower on yourself because by improving yourself, you become more useful and therefore you are able to help more people. Holy shit. That, I mean, <laughs> I, my God, cause I'm just thinking about kind of, especially with the way that I relate to the song and I relate to it a little bit more of a different route. But I think again, when it comes to the whole entirety of self-compassion and deploying that, especially when you're feeling lonely and when you're feeling like, you know, those tougher times are coming on and that you have to face them by yourself, like you can actually pull that off. Because when I was taking a look at it, it was that initial line, you know, when cold thoughts enter south, it becomes a concern. Because five, I'll, even five years ago myself too, it was something where beginning of 2017, I'm on top of the world, everything's good. I just graduated from college, everything's in front of me. And then all of a sudden, six months later, my whole entire world came crashing down in front of me. And I was wondering if life was even worth living anymore. And if, you know, adult life was going to be wake up, go to work, come home, watch Netflix, sleep and repeat for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And where I took was mean is kind of how we can be our own worst enemy at times and how that isolation we are struggling can be a major concern that can make us potentially take rash decisions and potentially harm ourselves. Absolutely. And again, a lot of it is because this is, I'm related to a lot of what I went through at that time. Looking at the connection with the theme of the album's themes, there are a lot of people online, and I see all the time, that advocate for mental health and say they will be there for you. But when you reach out and ask for help, they're not there. And I get, this coming is coming from personal experience mm. as well. They're kind of some potentially using that as you know social points and social status gaining and not as a genuine thing. And in that realm, you kind of tend to drift further into yourself and have to face your own worst enemy on your own, which is yourself. The struggle mm -hmm. is mightily intense here, and they show how that lack of connection leading to isolation can really hurt, but also adds to the whole entire idea of, you know, if you're going to have to do it yourself, deploy the compassion for yourself, deploy the empathy for yourself in order to get through that, in order to get past that and become a stronger person from it. And of course, right after this on the album, you go into New Vision, and it kind of is like the sequel to Mind Eater, but sequel to when you're able to deploy that compassion, deploy that empathy for yourself, and really come into the world with this different kind of vision, this different kind of mindset where you can be more focused on, you know, using the past as 
just experience using the past as a learning tool and remembering that it is a part of you, but is it what has helped make you who you are today? And just this different idea of also deploying compassion for people that have gone through because you know what it's like to go through that. And that basically described for new vision. It was okay. Now I'm in the 2018 and all of a sudden it's, I get the one moment where all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I finally get to feel good for one more moment again. And and there was actually two moments like that. One was in 2017. It was the first time I got to go see my favorite band after the whole entire thing had gone down. Went to go see them by myself just to try and forget. And for an hour and a half, from the first note they played to the last note, I didn't care about anything in the world. Mm -hmm. All I cared about was being in that moment. Just the new vision to understand that. Then all of a sudden, okay, how can I use that sort of how can I gain that feeling? How can I get that compassion feeling and get that new vision going so that I can continue to become the better person that I want to be on top of that, continue to deploy the empathy and the compassion that I can towards other people that might be going through this. And through all of that, that's why we're here right now. This is that whole entire idea between mind eater and new vision. That basically is the story of what led me from, from the top all the way down below to potentially harm myself, you know, a couple of actual suicide attempts. I'm not going to lie on that. That did happen. And then kind of the rebirth from that and understanding of compassion, understanding of going forward in life and understanding, you know, how to become my own best, you know, friend instead of my own worst yeah. enemy to potentially create something for myself that I absolutely love doing. It's the story of basically how the whole entire podcast started. Wow. Well, well, firstly, Kevin, I want to say it's really good that you're here. And um, I'm really, really glad that you managed to find the the courage and the strength to push through that because anyone that's ever been on the slippery slope of depression um it's scary how quickly it can um spiral down um and there's a lot that you mentioned that i can definitely relate to and no doubt listeners will as well so um yeah credit where is credit's due um it's not easy and i'm glad that you have taken a lot of um positive lessons from it and that you were able to get out of it so much love for you brother um as for um your your interpretation of it you know there is no right or wrong answer. And I'm not, I know you weren't thinking this, but I'm just sort of saying like, there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to what these songs mean. I, I There's there's only experience. Like me laying out the Compassionate Mind Foundation, that obviously that is the catalyst of it and enforces it into it. But it's the conversations that come out of these songs and how it means to different people and, you know, how it's connected with certain parts of your life because you've had different experiences to mine. And, and, and this really gets to the heart of, of the album unity in time around connection it's connection with each other it's connection with ourselves and our own humanity and it's also connection with nature and with technology like connection is the glue that brings together human experience and um a lot of what you spoke about there um the the, the fact that you know we 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 do have moments where we might reach out to people and they aren't there well that is why we need to become our own best friend because the only thing we can be sure about is ourselves. Like that is what the intention is. It goes back to voices. Um, and so it's not to say that we should only rely on ourselves, but by becoming strong. And it's how I also feel with relationships. Um, I'm the most disastrous person when it comes to even getting into relationships. I've been single for the longest time. Um, but I, and it comes back to the idea of strength and and sort of courage and like the way you phrase it. So like, I regard myself as, very confident a confident single person now some people might say oh a confident single person so that means you're confident and you're constantly looking for a relationship no actually well sometimes that is the case but confident single person is i am confident being single 
I am confident working on myself. And so it is this sense of being comfortable in who you are because you are a vessel. You didn't have a choice on what body you're going to be born into or what language you're going to speak and what part of the world you were going to live in and what whether you were going to be, you know, going through in your part of the world and how that impacts your day-to-day life on the micro macro level. Like we are all, some people don't like the word victims, but I'm just going to use it for this example. We are all victims of circumstance. And that is why there is a need for empathy and compassion because some people have been dealt, dealt a worse hand than others. And so the best thing we can do is share our experiences, connect and use that to lift each other up. Because when you lift someone else up, they might actually be able to see a bit further than you. And then they can look back and go, by the way, I've now learned this. You should know this as well. And that is what makes society. Absolutely. I know we're approaching that hard stop time. So a couple of things to add to that before we do this whole entire like close out the podcast and I do this whole entire like full on summary press release style for unity in time. So everyone can get an idea of what to expect when the album comes out. So when it comes down to like the music, of course, you know, you and I have kind of some, you know, different ideas of it, specifics from the different interpretations of it. But why we are able to relate to it and why, you know, this is incredible because we're all able to deploy the compassion, deploy the empathy towards people is because when we listen to these songs, it's, yeah, we're, we all relate to them in very specific ways that are different from one another. But when you boil it down to the bare core emotion at that song's base, that is what we all relate to because we all understand that emotion. We all understand that, that feeling. But the specifics behind that are just different because of what we've gone through in life. We're vic- we're victims of circumstance at that point as well, where we're not going to specifically relate to the same thing. Like, I'm not going to relate to the exact same thing that you do, but the emotion is something that I can relate to so we can understand each other, deploy that compassion, deploy that empathy, and really get an understanding. And again, that's pretty much the whole entire idea of the album is compassion and empathy, not only for yourself, but for others as well to foster greater connections going forward. And when Union Time releases on February 25th, this is why I think you should listen to it. Because I wrote, when Schematic 3 releases Union Time, we see the band tackle a theme that goes full on into this feeling of disconnect between us and other people and how that has been exposed and expanded upon since social media became a thing, especially ever since 2020 started with the pandemic. This album shines when the band really takes that theme personally to show how this disconnect can cause a feeling of isolationism and drive us to a point where we feel like we have to fight our demons alone in a song such as Mind Eater. But then New Vision comes along right after it to show that life can and does get better when you are able to take control. But then Vantage Point, my God, I was not expecting a song that took samples of inspirational speeches about overcoming fear and demons to be able to stand out on its own as a powerful track to make you realize you are stronger than you think you are. If this album shows you anything with this composition, it is that we might be in a bad place in the world where everyone is disconnected from one another due to fear, hate, politics, whatever it might be, but you have the power to change it in the world around you. Wouldn't you want that? Dude, that's amazing. I'm going to have to ask you to send afterwards all your notes on the other songs as well. We'll have to have a, another virtual beer or something. I say another virtual beer. and We're not having a beer now, well, especially at your time. <laughs> it's like early we morning could. there. I, mean, I wouldn't I hold mean, it. I've been, up, I've, been up, I've been up for what, four and a half hours already? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's amazing, man. Uh, and really, really appreciate it. And yeah, Vantage Point is a very special track on the album. Um, the album is constantly moving forward, again, from the micro and the macro. And it's the 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 connection aspect has also been a big part for the band as a whole like i am so incredibly blessed to you know be in a band with people i regard as the closest of friends um josh on drums is just a phenomenal force who brings so much energy to his playing 
I used to be a drummer uh, and I just, I'm in awe at everything he's able to do. And when he works a lot with the others in terms of composing the music, it's just absolutely brilliant. Um, Luke, his, I mean, I can't sing. I would love to be able to sing, but he is just, as you say, on those high note pieces he does the soaring vocals it really brings a lot of energy and his very personal piece in pain unknown was a really great refreshing uh take that we were able to do on the album and then mario and hugh have worked really well and you know anthems require really good guitars doesn't always have to be complicated but you know a bit of technical stuff here and there is really really nice and just as a band we've become a much closer family uh, through this album process and so when it comes to connection it's an onward journey that um, we've definitely all been on we've all had stuff going on in our lives we leave live you know similar but very different lives in terms of our careers and stuff like that um, and uh, we, we've, we feel very strong with with this album and are, are incredibly proud of it and we had to have big conversations because it'd been such a long time since we'd really worked on a release and decided to really give it a go. And so we have questions about, you know, what is the tribe for schemata theory? You know, it is about unity. Um, and so we, we call our, you know, you may give fans your music a name and a title. And so we've just gone with the voices. It's, it's the, um, democratization of like if you, if you have a voice based on what you're listening to it matters and you have a responsibility now on how you conduct yourself in the world uh, and it's not us telling people what to think but it's merely presenting ways of how to think and, and look at the world and um, we've been absolutely blown away by the response so far whether it's to the music videos um, we played some shows around the country in the UK uh, at the end of last year and we're really humbled by the response and for me, the thing that's always blown me away is the fact that a lot of people that aren't metal fans have seemed to really attach to the music. And they, for them, a lot of the reason why is they can feel it. They can feel the message. And um, I would like to say that was all intentional. I mean, you know, there is an intention to say what you mean and, and mean what you say, especially from a creative outlook. But, um, you know, the, the fact it has resonated so well um, has been nothing but um, a pleasant surprise for us all. And so, you know, just to anyone that checks out our music and um, has something to say about it, um, you know, we love to hear it. I mean, on Facebook, we have a, a group called The Voices, which people can join. We're very active on our Instagram uh, and we have a YouTube channel. And just whether it's in the comments of music videos and stuff like that, or it's just sending us a DM, we love to hear from people. Like, don't ever feel that, your thoughts on it are invalid and you know i've seen some reaction videos on youtube where in the comments some people said they didn't like my screaming vocals and i've responded i've said i totally respect that because it's a taste thing and like there is nothing personal in it and i am totally content with that and that also comes back to the thing about you know having that inner strength of being content with yourself and realizing that a part of unity isn't that we all think the same. It's just that we are united in our existence and, our, and in our humanity. And I think that that is the big challenge that we now face over the next 10 years with all these divisions, many of which are just in the mind. And so it's like, how do we go beyond it? So that was a bit of a long piece, but I just kind of wanted to make sure that was all said about the bands that um, I truly love and um, the music that we're proud of and, and the community that it's helped build that we, we're, we're immensely proud and uh, thankful for. I think that's probably the best way to close out this podcast just because of everything that you talked about in that just end piece where 
again, the idea with the connectivity around compassion and empathy, creating those connections with the group, like the voices, and then also just adding on to it to see people that aren't necessarily into, you know, rock and metal and all some of the heavier stuff connect with this based off the theme, based off the meaning. You're connecting on that emotion side. You're really connecting deep on that where people are feeling it. So they want to get into the music based off of how they're connected to it, how they're feeling about it. And I mean, that connection is going to keep fostering greater and greater. And that connection is going to become more and more important as we continue to go on over the next five to 10 years. So when it comes down to it, I mean, when it comes down to Schemata Theory, when it comes down to the brand new album, Unity in Time, you're not going to want to miss out on it because if so many different people from so many other genres that like those genres can get into this music based off the themes, you're going to be able to connect to it as well in some capacity. So you're definitely going to want to take a listen to it. And of course, you're going to want to join, you know, the Voices group on Facebook. You're going to want to follow them on Facebook. They said they're very, you know, active on Instagram and on social media. You're going to want to do it. You want to watch a YouTube video. You're going to want to pre-save the album on streaming services. You're going to want to, you know, buy the album. You're going to want to buy some merch. You're going to want to do all that stuff. But instead of actually having to like search it up yourself, because... That can take some time, and I know convenience is a key for a lot of people. I studied econ in college. I get it. Go to the description of the podcast. You're going to see something that says find schemata theory online. There will be labels and links for everything. Click, go, like, share, subscribe their stuff, download their stuff, listen to music, buy some merch, pre-save the new album Union Time, which comes out on February 25th. If you can't see it on YouTube right now, just take a look at the bottom of the screen because it's just been there the whole entire time that you needed to be there. And now also, the second thing I always like to end these podcasts with, Miles, is Whenever I have guests on the podcast I absolutely enjoy having on, I like to make a certain promise. And this has happened to every single guest I've had on. And my God, I mean, I wish this conversation go on for like another two hours, man. So Same. you definitely hit on this promise. So the promise does not start with if. If implies possibility of this ain't going to happen. I start it with when. When implies, yes, it's going to happen. Time and date still to be determined. So when I can see Schematic Theory perform live for the first time, it won't be a virtual beer. It'll be a real beer. And the first round's on me. That's amazing, man. And it's a nice thought. I mean, the dream for me is always to play in the States. I would love, I mean, I, I love the US. I used to go there every year, especially in my early YouTube days. The last time I actually properly traveled the world was um, New York in 2016. It was a couple of days after the election, actually. And I just, I miss it so much. I, I love the people. Um, I love the cultures. I'll say cultures because it's a very different uh, all over the place. Um, but yeah, when, I mean, I would love to think in 2023, um, I mean, I'd love to say 2022, but who knows, right? I'll say 2023 will be likely if, you know, if you come over here, 2022 yes. be likely if I go over there, which I'm still playing on in September, we'll see what oh, happens really? with restrictions and everything. Yeah. You don't know how many places I have to stop over when I go there. I'm thinking like a three week long tour. It's like going here, 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 here. I'm going to probably end up like hanging, trying to hang out with a like different group, different band, every single night that I've had in the podcast, see him play live, have a beer and just see what the hell happens. And it'll be a three week long extravaganza where I'm going to be the happiest person in the world. We, we are definitely going to get a beer and uh, I know that the whole band would would love to to hang out with you, Kevin. Um, so, yeah, just want to say a huge thanks for having me on and uh, being a great voice for the Schemata Theory album Unity in Time, because, uh, yeah, you've got an amazing voice. I love your energy, love your enthusiasm, and uh, I love your thoughtfulness with uh, with everything that you've asked. Awesome. Thank you, Miles. I, I take that to heart very much. So, so thank you very much. So now to close with the podcast, saying goodbye. Nah, nah, we're not saying goodbye for two major reasons. Major reason number one, I'm going to make good on that premise, so I'm going to have to see you again at some point. Major reason number two, I don't want this to be the only podcast I ever get to do with you or anybody in Schemata Theory. So 
hell, let's do this again sometime in the future. Maybe later 2022, maybe 2023. We'll see what happens, but we'll do it again in the future. How's that sound? That'd be great. And and the rest of the band would, would love that. So um, I'm sure one of them would love to jump on as well. Hell yeah. So Miles, this definitely is not goodbye. We will end it with, see you later. See you later, dude. Whoa, folks, that was my interview with Miles from the band Schemata Theory out of the United Kingdom. Once again, their brand new album, Union Time, comes out on February 25th, 2022. So you're going to want to look in the link description of the podcast because we have all their socials on there for you, including the Voices group on Facebook, their YouTube channel, their all their streaming stuff where you can, you know, visit them online, where you can get some merch, where you can, you know, follow them, share their stuff, buy their album, down their album, just pre-save their album, whatever it might be. It is all in the description of the podcast for you to check out Schemata Theory because this album, Uni in Time, with its themes of compassion, empathy, and the connection that we hold between our own selves and with other people in today's world, you're going to feel it every step of the way. You're not going to want to miss out on Mind Eater or New Vision or Vantage Point or, I mean, even the intro track as Clouds Gather, just the way that it opens up the whole entire idea of the song, of the album, I should say, and Pain Unknown. You're not going to want to miss out on any of these tracks. You're going to want to do all that. Also, you're going to want to make sure you're following the Core Progression Podcast. If you aren't, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram is probably our most popular platform because we post about all the stuff that's happening with the podcast. We post memes because, you know, why not? Memes are fun. We also do different live streams on Instagram as well every single Wednesday, so you're not going to want to miss out on those. When it comes to the podcast, you can subscribe to the YouTube page to actually watch these interviews, or you can stream them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon link description below along with our sponsors phoenix fitness and cousin debuts the link description below as well well incredible conversation you better believe it is miles going to come back to the podcast along with the rest of come out of theory you better believe it. we're gonna have more incredible conversations like this you better believe it should you check out uni in time you better believe it so make sure you do that album comes out february 25th on that note that's gonna be for me guys thank you for watching listening to the chord progression podcast my name is kevin you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!